So we've got these, uh, we've got these, these four great figures. We've got the Manu, who represents, yes, the lawgiver, the founder of the positive community. We've got the Buddha, the opener of the path to the transcendental, proclaims the Dharma in a general, as it were, philosophical sort of way. And then we've got the Guru, who brings it right down into the depths, uh, who subjugates, who overcomes, who subdues all those forces of the archetypes of the collective unconscious, brings them into harmony with the Dharma, makes them subserve the Dharma, makes them subserve the interests and purposes of the spiritual life. And then we've got, of course, the Tarton. No? We've got the person who digs deep, as it were, into the body of Tarpanagpo and finds <laughs> the exact remedy for the actual concrete situation existing now within the situation itself. So, if we, if we look at things, if we look at the figure of Padmasambhava, if we look at um, the figure of the Guru, huh? in this sense, within this wider framework, the framework of these four persons, as it were, these four figures, then we can get a much better idea, a much clearer conception of what the Guru, or what Padmasambhava <coughs> himself, really represents. Huh? He's this, as it were, transforming <coughs> principle, which must follow in the wake of, as it were, the illumining principle. If we take the Buddha as more the, the personification of the path of vision, Padmasambhava is more the personification of the path of transformation. And this is why he's very much needed today, because, as I've already indicated, we've got a lot to transform, not only within ourselves, but also outside ourselves. We have to transform ourselves, we have to transform the world. Eh? So Padmasambhava represents that very powerful principle of transformation, which is even more powerful than what has to be transformed. Eh? He's the subduer of this Rudra, Tarpa Nagpo, black salvation. And that's why we're celebrating Padmasambhava day to day. And that's why we've got these emblems of Padmasambhava on the shrine today. Some of you might have been wondering uh, what they're all about. Huh? Uh, but perhaps too much explanation isn't really necessary. One should sort of just look at them and try to just take in something of the feeling associated with them. Of course, there's the lotus cap surmounted by the Vajra. You all know what the Vajra means, or at least you can feel it, and that's surmounted by the feather. I hope it's a vulture's feather. The vulture being the highest flying of all the birds. Some, sometimes they say eagle's feather because many different explanations are, are sometimes given. And somewhere there should be a skull, a skull cup, and strictly speaking it should be filled with blood, eh? or at least with red wine, eh? which represents the, the bliss which you sort of quaff when you experience the voidness and you have you know, renounced everything. And that renunciation is bliss, and that bliss, as it were, quaff from the bowl of your renunciation. Eh? And then, of course, there's that staff with that same trident, you know, which we, we saw in the Nalander Crest, right at the top, uh, according to some interpretations, symbolizing Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, according to others, symbolizing the, the three kayas, the Dharmakaya, Sambhogakaya, Nirmanakaya. Hmm? And then there are the three heads. Some say the three poisons, again, some say the three kayas.
you've got the two Vajras. So this also represents the Dakini, yeah? because Padmasambhava holds it in the crook of his, his arm, so it represents the, the subjugated Dakini principle. So represents even, you could say, all the gods and demons and Dakinis, which Padmasambhava has subjugated, which she holds in the crook of his arm, which have, as it were, been integrated into his total being. So this is primarily what we're, what this celebration is all about. It's about integration of all these very basic primordial energies which take so many negative forms in ourselves and in the world outside us. It's all about the transformation, the integration of these energies into our own spiritual lives so they subserve those lives and into a more positive, a more creative society. In fact, a spiritual community ultimately. Hmm? So this is really what we are we're celebrating. Huh? Uh, Sukhavati itself, ideally, the, the London Buddhist Centre itself, ideally, is a sort of centre of this sort, a centre of, of, you could say, transformation. Huh? So that whatever you know, comes in contact with this place, with this centre, starts being transformed. Huh? Uh, that the place itself, or the, the people in the place itself, the people who come to the place or belong to the place in a sense, uh, should be strong enough and powerful enough uh, to transform uh, and transfigure you know, whatever comes into contact with them. Uh, let all the demons come. Uh, uh, all the gods and demons of the city of London and all the gods and demons of the West, if you like, the gods and demons of the whole world, and let them be transformed. One shouldn't be afraid of the gods and demons. Uh, one shouldn't be afraid of the little darkinies, even if they do ride upon buffaloes. Uh, I mean, let them come, but let them be transformed uh, and let them to uh, contribute to the spiritual life, let them contribute their energies to the spiritual life, not be alienated from them from the spiritual life, so there's a, a constant tension and constant struggle uh, between the two. Hmm? So Padmasambhava represents this, this principle of what we might call radical transformation. Uh, to begin with, yes, we do have a sort of idea, hmm? we have a sort of vision of the spiritual life, hmm? and in the light of that vision we, we try to grow. But sooner or later we have to contact all those deeper, profounder, more primordial energies within ourselves and incorporate them too into our spiritual life and our spiritual quest. Only then will our spiritual life be really rich and really growing and not based upon tension, not based upon struggle all the time. And we need to do much the same sort of thing within the world. It's not that the world is bad, it's not that the world is evil, it's not that the world is wrong. It's simply that the, the world's energies or the energies which are the world so-called, are misguided. They've got, to be, uh, they've got to be redirected. They've got to be, they've got to be guided in the right direction. So transformation of life, transformation of world, as we saw in, the, in those talks some time ago on the Sutra of Golden Light. Huh? This also hmm, is an aspect of the message, so to speak, of Papasambhava. Hmm? So today and this evening, as we, we celebrate... Huh, and let's hope we really celebrate uh, Padmasambhava's day. Eh? Let's bear in mind all these sort of things. Eh? Let's uh, try to realize that the spiritual life is uh, essentially, one might say, integrally a process of subjugation 
and incorporation and integration and transfiguration of all the, as it were, grosser but very powerful and potentially very rich energies of our own consciousness, the collective unconscious even of humanity, as well as of the world in general. Hmm? Uh, if we think of the spiritual life in this way, we shall arrive at a sort of very heroic conception of the spiritual life. Eh? A spiritual life is not a running away. A spiritual life is a facing of these energies, a facing of these forces, eh? these potencies, eh? a subjugating of them, eh? a transforming of them, and if you like, even a dragging along of them by the hair if necessary, along the path of the spiritual life. But eventually you won't need to drag them, they'll sort of willingly go along with you, and as you are melt into your being and reinforce your energies with theirs, because ultimately they are you, and their energies are your energies. Eh? So this is the sort of thing that we have to do. We have to sort of think of ourselves as living in a, a sort of world of, of these rather scattered energies, and we just have to sort of claim them and collect them and bring them together and incorporate them into the spiritual life, into the life of the spiritual community, so that our individual spiritual lives can be reinforced and the collective, as it were, spiritual life of the spiritual community also be reinforced. So we have to go out in various directions, as it were. And this is what we do with our centres, with our communities, with our co-ops. They're all ways of contacting different aspects of life and transforming them, transfiguring them. Eh? Because this is essentially what our whole movement is all about. It's a sort of transforming and transfiguring agency. Eh? It's not simply a Buddhist movement in the narrow sense. It's not even a spiritual movement in the narrow sense. It's a stream of spiritual energy, you might say, which transforms or which seeks to transform and configure, uh, transfigure everything and everyone with whom and with which it comes into contact. So this is what Padmasambhava did. Eh? He encountered a god, transformed it. Eh? Trans <laughs> encountered a demon, transformed it. Encountered a, a dalkini, transformed her. So this is the sort of thing that we must do. Allow ourselves to be in contact with these energies, yes. Well, if we're strong enough, there is. Not flee from them. Eh? Allow ourselves to be in contact with them, eh? especially the, the deeper energy within our own selves, and transform them, eh? and then go forward along the path with renewed energy, renewed strength, and renewed inspiration. Eh? So I hope, therefore, that everybody who participates, eh, who has participated in the celebrations of uh, Padmasambhava Day, eh? and... Uh, who has listened to the readings of the life and liberation of Padmasambhava, who's taken part in the, the pujas, eh? who's taken part in the meditations, and who's also maybe seen the unveiling of our, our new Nalanda crest, eh? uh, will feel inspired, eh? and will feel that this is what they've got to do. They've got to transform and to transfigure everything with which they come into contact, especially everything that they come into contact with within their own selves. In this way, we shall all go forward together. We shall have a more and more flourishing spiritual movement involving more and more people and doing more and more true good to the whole world, eh? or at least to that section of it with which we come immediately into contact.